today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We've been talking about the investigation continuing into the attacks over the weekend in uh, Sri Lanka and information, intel information that was made available and just fell on deaf ears. Uh, Many thinking a lot of what has happened could have been prevented if some sort of communication was, was happening. Uh, let's bring in Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting, uh, and ask him about uh, tit-for-tat terrorism. He is with us now. Phil, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure, Scott. So your thoughts on the fact that these attacks, uh, on these attacks, and the fact that there seemed to have been intel information ahead of time uh, that uh, was lost in the sauce somewhere. How do you process this? Uh, it's a real tough one. So when the initial allegations were made that there was intel. I, I kind of just sat back for a minute. I mean, I spent 32 years in intel. I know how the how the sausage is made, uh, you know, so to say. And, you know, it's pretty rare that you get a definitive picture from intelligence. You often get pieces here, pieces there. You know, it could be human sources. It could be intercepted communications. It could be all kinds of stuff. You put it all together and you draw the best picture you can, but it's fairly complete. But now I'm learning that, in fact, the Sri Lankan intelligence services uh, had information on their own and were given information from allies. I've been hearing about India raised a lot in the past two days. That was pretty specific, saying that this guy from this address yeah. is planning an attack on a church. Now, that's a little less clear, but, you know, Scott from Hamilton is going to do this. Yeah. And so it seems the intel was there, but there were two problems. One was that it, it wasn't passed on for whatever reason. The second problem, and I talked about this in, a, in another blog post on my website, the Prime Minister has not been privy to intel briefs since October. Yeah. Yeah, there's some sort of fighting going on between the President and the Prime Minister. Yeah, the President doesn't like the Prime Minister. In fact, he brought in uh, a former President as new Prime Minister, and the the court said, no, you can't do that. So there's a lot of bun fighting right now in Sri Lanka about who's running the show, and that fighting has led to a lack of information being passed on. So, you know, I hear a lot about intelligence failure, and I'm a little sensitive to it, given where I used to work. Mm -hmm. But this is not intelligence failure. This was a failure to communicate. Yeah. Because the intel was there. Uh, and the fact that so many were arrested in such a short period of time afterwards, like I'm hearing upwards of 40, like clearly they knew who to arrest. Or well, maybe could, not. Maybe there's blanket arresting people. Who knows? Well, there's a little bit of Casablanca, you know, around the usual suspects in some ways. But they knew the group, and so that, which means they knew about the group, which means they probably knew some of the members of the group. So what they probably did was, you know, cast their net fairly wide. Anyone that looks like he's part of this group, haul the guy in for questioning. Um, some of them may, in fact, have been involved directly or indirectly. Others may have been hangers-on or nothing to do with the plot. So, obviously, when you've got 400, what is it, how many dead now? It's well over 300, yeah. uh, 500 wounded. You're basically being told by your masters, I don't care what you do, figure out who did this. So, you're going to bring in anybody you think might be remotely responsible for questioning. Uh, many have said they weren't suspicious of this small local group and that uh, outside influence, outside help was needed to conduct such a, uh, uh, a regulated attack, per se. Uh, any idea who is helping? ISIS has claimed responsibility, but as many have pointed out, ISIS claims responsibility in any sort of thing that, that's similar to this. Uh, but what does this say about terrorism and, and ISIS and such uh, moving forward? Yeah, this is a great question, Scott. Yeah, Islamic State has claimed it. Um, there isn't a lot of evidence there behind it, although there is a video in which members of this so-called group appeared to have pledged allegiance to Islamic State. But hey, you and I could do that at a Tim Hortons, okay? It doesn't mean you're part of the, part of the terrorist group. Mm. Um, did they get assistance? Clearly from somebody. I have heard a lot of reporting that uh, about, upwards of about three to four dozen Sri Lankans fought with Islamic State and other terrorist groups in Syria and Iraq. So 
some of them may have come back with knowledge. They may have gotten assistance from other foreign fighters in the region. There's a, a bunch from India. There's a bunch from the Maldives, which is a small island group with a, almost the highest per capita foreign fighters in the world. Um, they clearly got aid from someone. It was Al Qaeda in the Indian subcontinent. Who knows? The group you talk about, I, ha- I happened, you know, when it came out, I'd never heard of these guys. And the only thing that was that was registering on my radar in terms of people that I follow was this group had uh, been vandalizing some Buddhist statues about a year ago. How you go from vandalizing Buddhist statues to eight near-simultaneous suicide bombers is beyond me, which is why the conversation is leading towards they must have had help from somebody. Who that somebody was is, is clearly still under investigation right now. Um, does this does this uh, uh, raise question about an anti-Christian movement about this uh, uh, these types of attacks moving forward? Uh, I'd be really careful with that. I've, I've been I've seeing a lot of people talk about that. I'm probably going to write on it later this afternoon. There's no question that Islamic State, uh, in particular, both the, the core group and groups around the world, the Islamic State in the Sinai and Egypt, has been hitting Coptic Christians for years now, killing dozens. There's no question that these guys see Christians as a target. They see them as the kuffar, as the infidels who are worth killing. But it's important to point out that still the vast, vast, vast majority of victims of Islamic State were other Muslims. Mm-hmm. So is it a campaign? Yeah, it's part of the propaganda. They hate Jews, too. Oh, and they hate Buddhists. Oh, and they hate Hindus. Yeah. And they hate Yazidis. And they hate, you know, yeah. probably Toronto Maple Leaf fans, for all that matter. Maybe not today, because they're kind of in the morning. Yeah. But, sorry, a sore spot. Um, but I think we've got to be really careful with calling it a campaign against Christianity. If you go to any Islamic State propaganda, Scott, you can pick your group of the day, yeah. and it's going to be on that website. Yeah, they're against everybody that isn't like them. Basically, that, that's the bottom line, yeah. Uh, what about tit-for-tat terrorism and the references to New Zealand? Yeah, that one, a lot of us are saying that's probably not possible because given the sophistication and the near simultaneity of the attacks, it's pro- highly improbable that this thing was planned in five weeks, which is about when we go five weeks after New Zealand. Right. Uh, most of us think that they're simply taking advantage of what happened in New Zealand. We did see, in fact, I wrote a blog on my website about this, Many groups call for retaliation the day of the attacks in New Zealand. Yeah. You know, if you're an Islamist group, find somebody and kill them because they killed us in New Zealand. So I think it's, it's more or less just like, what a great thing to, to advertise as a reason for this. But I, I, I and, and no one else that I've read, who, are, who I happen to think are credible, is putting any uh, importance or accuracy in the fact that the attack was in retaliation for New Zealand. It wasn't in a greater sense, but it wasn't planned to do that. How does the rest of the world view this? Well, a lot of us were, were, were kind of pushing back when the U.S. president said that Islamic State had been defeated. We said uh, you that, was my, that was my next question coming up, was Donald Trump said it's defeated. Well, Clearly the movement to, isn't anyway. You might want to keep your powder dry there, Mr. President, because they're not defeated. Certainly the caliphate, uh, the self-styled caliphate is no more. They don't control territory at all in Iraq. I can tell you, Scott, I follow Iraqi media, and there is an attack or attempted attack or killing of jihadis every day in Iraq and Syria right now. And they're mostly Islamic State guys. Um, we figure there are 40,000 odd that, that traveled there to go and fight. Estimates are there's anywhere from 10 to 30,000 left, both foreign fighters and, 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 and indigenous people. So the group has lost its territory, but it hasn't gone away. The other thing to point out is the affiliates. So we've got affiliates. I mentioned the Sinai. There's one in the Philippines. There's one in Afghanistan. Uh, they're all around the world. I wrote a whole book on the affiliates a couple of years ago. So Islamic State as a, an ideology and as a terrorist group may have lost its base in Syria and Iraq, but it certainly hasn't disappeared. So where does this leave the discussion on terrorism? Where it was, I guess, before 
I don't know, it's where it's been for the past 20 years. I think yeah. that it's important that obviously we're dealing with a, a very important issue. It is, um, it, it happens a lot, but it's important to point out that, you know, whereas it's certainly possible for something to, to happen somewhere on a someday, we're not in a, in a case where everything is happening everywhere every day. Terrorism is still more likely to hit places like Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, uh, Somalia, Nigeria on a daily basis. But, you know, here in Canada, the last time we had an attack was when? Yeah, quite some time ago. So let's not panic. It certainly is an issue we have to deal with on multiple levels, military being the last resort as far as I'm concerned. But it's not going away because people think that violence is a way to uh, redress your grievances. So unless we can solve all the grievances, and I'm not sure how we do that, we'll be faced with terrorism. But let's not call it existential. That, that's giving the terrorists far too much credit. Hmm. Uh, what does Sri Lanka learn from this? Well, I sure as hell hope they learn that maybe they should act on their intelligence. They yeah. should uh, maybe put the PM on the meetings uh, so he knows what's going on. Uh, I understand that the, the Prime Minister has fired all the most senior intelligence officials. That's like, you know, blaming the wrong person for this. Mm. Um There'll be a review, as there always are. There's a review in Canada after the attacks in 2014. So I think this is what governments do. But to me, it's like, get your political house in order. Let your intel guys do what you pay them to do. And I, you know, spent 32 years in intel in this country. We know what we're doing. We're professional. We do the jobs to the best of our abilities. It's the politicians that get it wrong most of the time. So there'll be a lot of, you know, finger-pointing and navel-gazing. And um, just learn to, to, to use your intelligence and learn to create the alliances you need to get your allies to help you understand it. Phil Gursky has been with us, President and CEO, Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting. Phil, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure, Scott. Have a good one. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.